all the media cares about. Global destruction, murder, bombing people, destroying the Middle East regime. They're a sociopathic death cult. People go, that sounds awfully severe. Show me a war the media opposed. Show show me one. Show me. You can't do it. Okay, guys, welcome to a special, special Gramerica episode here. A little swapcast, uh, last minute swapcast, actually. Uh, friends of the show, Pat Militech and Jeffrey Wilson, uh, gave us a call last minute, asked us if we wanted to join, join them for a swapcast, and then all of a sudden Mike Cernovich was coming. So we said yes, and um, we figured we'd throw it out as a swapcast. Nice little bonus show for you guys. Yeah, those guys are from the Conspiracy Farm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they got a great podcast, lots of fresh, awesome content. And uh, yeah, Mike Cernovich with Hoaxed uh, Documentary. It's not his first movie, but uh, I watched it too between when we did this last minute chat with them and, and today. And it, I mean, it's fascinating, especially for, I mean, a lot of us, it's most of its review, but it really summarizes what's been happening over the last few years with fake news, really. And it's on both sides, fake news on both sides a little bit. He's... You know, he does, he does, uh, approach it from both sides it's from an MSM angle. And he's very, he's very, uh, I think he's very open and honest in there. And he's, he puts himself in the fire, man. He puts himself in those situations where he's questioning the big questions in front of a, a bunch of reporters. And, uh, he doesn't give a shit what they say, what they think. Like he's out there doing that. Yeah. You got to commend him for that. I mean, a lot of people have a lot of opinions about Mike Cernovich, but, uh, you know, I've gone, I've gone on a little ride with Cernovich. I mean, I've watched him, I've been following him, you know, kind of on and off for a on while. and off for a couple of years now. And, and, but, uh, overall, I, I think, uh, I, I, you know, I, I can't, he's just human like the rest of us trying to get through life. And, you know, I, 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 I don't have any problems with what he's up to these days. That's for sure. I mean, he's. You know what I think is a, when we've been, we've been listening to deconstruction, in the mainstream media for a long time. So we've tr- not trusted them. Like, no I have not trusted yeah. the mainstream media for decades. Yeah. So it's interesting when this 2016 thing happened and five years and of no everything agenda. went, you know, yeah. And we've been listening to no agenda who's deconstructing the lies and the corruption in the media, you know, deeply. And then the Trump election happens and how everything's just turned on its head and you already don't trust the mainstream media. Now they're, they're blatantly lying. It doesn't mean that because you're calling other media, it doesn't mean you're, you know, necessarily for Trump. Like it's, it's very polarizing, but it, it doesn't have to be just because you're well, the thing I liked about how it about goes back to all of it. The Gulf yeah. of Tonkin, yeah. the first Iraq war, the second Iraq war, all of those were, you know, you can, a lot of our community call them false flags, but mm-hmm. in a lot of sense, if you don't want to call them that, they're stirred on by the media. The media compelling people to do something with, you know, quote unquote journalism. So it's frustrating. Babies when, and when incubators, you, weapons yeah, and yeah, mass destruction. Exactly. And then he ties it all together with what's happening now and how, and, and how media has played a big role in the hate and the violence that's happening now. They really have. And it's frustrating for people that have, watched the deconstruction for years and then seen the, the, the hate when you, when you just are questioning the narrative, we're just questioning the narrative. Doesn't mean you are on one side or the other. We're just questioning the narrative. Absolutely. I'm sure we'll get some flack for this one. That's okay. 
Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't, Who gives I, don't a shit? I don't care. I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to do whatever we want to do around here and we're going to do interview whoever we want to interview. Yeah. And I mean, that's just the way it's going to go. Yeah. And, and really it's a lot we, of it's about love in the end anyways. Yeah, and exactly. we do, we're doing very, we love like, all you yeah. motherfuckers. Don't say that. Oh yeah. I'm not allowed to say that. Ah, sorry. I love all you guys. <laughs> mofos. Can I say mofo? No, 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 none of no, that. just why? No, just people. <laughs> just people. <laughs> um, where was I going about? Anyway, uh, the reason we can continue to do that is because of the select few fine upstanding Grime Americans that choose to support the show over at grimeamerica.ca slash support. They pay for the studio, they pay for the mics, they pay for the equipment, they pay for the bandwidth, they pay for everything. Yeah. They don't pay for you, our time. You, you listeners pay. Yeah. You, the you, listeners. You, you. You're, our, you're our producers. Well, I say pay. This is the free show and 99% of them don't. So I'm saying they am elevating yeah, yeah. the 1%. Right. A right. little under 1% that support yeah. the show. And we, the support rate was growing for a while. It seems to be uh, slowing down. But that's okay. Uh, we just figured we start popping out a little more content, and lo and behold, it starts popping back up again. Yeah. So we'll just pop out more content then. Yeah. Guess that's what we'll do. Yeah, but we don't have to have ads or sponsors or anything like that. No. I mean, it's fantastic. The support we've gotten to be able to do this is is mind blowing. It really is. And that's I mean, right. we just want to continue, but we don't have enough to continue properly. So I mean, you know, it'd be nice to get a little bit more so we can that's keep right. going. Without and ads, we'll keep popping sponsors. out these nice kind of yeah. free swap casts. Actually, yeah. I, I was talking to Pat today and they asked me if I'd join them for the vaccine debate next Monday. So we'll pop that out as a swap cast as well. The vaccine debate with Del Big Tree and I forget the other fellow's name. Yeah. We're not calling it the vaccine debate though because we don't want to get shadow banned on social media. Which is what talking to Mike Cernovich and Jeffrey and Pat in this episode, actually, we realized that we have probably been shadow banned on the iTunes thing because of Del, the, the Dell Big Tree episode that we had. And he, you know, and he's just, he just wants testing. I mean, he's not, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty, when you listen to it with a critical ear, really, he's not asking for too much, you know? I mean, he's really just saying, here's, here's what it is. Why don't we do some, some testing? And Mike mentioned that, uh, Friends of his that just had Big Tree on are off the rankings, and that's what happened to us. So we're number 11 in the Canada philosophy rankings. Now let's check the USA, because I have, this might get interesting, because I have another take. What was the other thing we wanted to talk about in the intro? Can the you talk 13 about Questions right, podcast. So we do have, right. we also have launched this other podcast that's that's really been interesting. It's very much more about you know, our introspection and, and self-improvement as, as males really for the most part as men. And, uh, we've had a lot of interesting people on and so we're, we're doing it in, in a way where we have people on for 13 questions. We have a little bonus section there for people to subscribe to that as well. And then they get to hear the last little bit of the, of the uh, guest questions and answers, and then a little ramble at the end. And then people who have subscribed to this can actually go out and get their own, uh, go get their own podcast and record their own, their own people, their own friends, their own, you know, fathers, uncles, grandpas, whatever. And, um, and then we'll put it in the feed. We'll listen to it. There's a couple of, you know, audio, audio quality guidelines, obviously. Um, and we want this to be a, a place where people can get their own podcast in this feed. And hopefully open source a little bit. So we've had like a lot of really interesting guys, so many interesting people. I mean, everyone has been amazing. We had 
uh, Nikki the Dude, which is original Grand American on there, Duncan Trussell, Pat Militech, Micah Hanks, Matt Belair, Joe Roop, Robert Glover, Midnight Mike from OBDM, Gordon Rochford from the uh, Conspiracy Far those Conspiracy Guys, Marty Hansen, a friend of mine here, Walter Bosley, Darren's just got populated. Damn it. Darren. So now Lines. we've fallen, we've, we've slid. Hang on, work. I'm just going to finish no, off no, here. Superman, on. David Matheson, Chase Joseph, and Mike Hart. A lot of guys you've heard in Grand America about a great lineup of really deep introspective questions with those guys. I mean, what a, what a starting lineup so in the to Canada, get that thing going. In the Canada iTunes store, we're number 11. UK one, we're around the same. Um, if I go to the USA one, not even in the top 200. Not that I we, give a no, shit. No, 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 It's not about that, but we used to but be the, but consistently show, up there that, in the top 20. Here is a show that is in the top 200. I'm not going to name it. 21 reviews and two stars. Yeah. And I think we got like 400. 405 stars or something. 355 stars. So and we're not saying that for, for that, but it's just, it is evidence that. It, 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 it's, it it's struck our, me because, because Cernovich right said after Big specifically Tree. that other shows he've heard got shadow banned in iTunes after having Dell Big Tree on. Yeah. So now I'm just, yeah. And this is one of the reasons why we ask for your support because eventually, and I'm not trying to fear monger or anything like that, but the censorship and the risk of this internet freedom is real and it's happening. And if you start talking about anything that they don't want you talking about, you know, and we're not advocating violence or anything negative like that, just like Cernovich and these guys, right? How many people have been banned off of these oh, platforms? Wow. I just noticed that 13 questions is trending and new and noteworthy in the UK. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Anyway, Were you just listening a, to my rant? I was. But that's another reason why we need to support. I've been listening to that rant for months. Because, you know, eventually we might have to, like, look at the No Agenda guys. They have their own infrastructure, so their own 28 network. in UK, 11 in Canada, off the charts and the yeah. thing, since the Dell Big Tree episode yeah. specifically. Yeah. So the U.S. is doing, the U.S. iTunes store is... This fucking awesome. it. Yeah. And the reason I bring that up is because we're getting shadow banned in a couple of places, it seems like. And I, I don't want to change your content. So just like we turn to you guys for support. We're not going to start self-censoring. No. So just like we turn to you guys to support, now we're turning to you guys for marketing. Yeah. We always say that you're our sole marketing source, but even like our social media yeah, stuff how are we gonna market this isn't now? getting the reach yep. anymore. Yep. And we're not available. We're not popping up on iTunes anymore. So you need to still tell people to look for us specifically. So we can't question global warming or vaccines or geoengineering or media corruption or anything like that or politics. What if we can't talk about Canadian politics at all now? That's right. So you guys got to start sharing the show and you got to start supporting the show. Other than that, end of rant. We love you. Enjoy the swap cast of the century. Actually, we're gonna have another one next week. I shouldn't call it. We've done. I can't call it the swap cast of the century. We've done too many, too many great swap casts. Yeah. So enjoy the swap cast. It's a great one. Another great one. Another great bonus episode. Wow. What? All, look at all the bonus episodes.
All right, guys, here we go. The Swampcast with Grind America and the Conspiracy Farm is going to start now. We're going to have Cernovich join us in a little bit to discuss his documentary, Hoaxed, which is an incredible film. I saw it late last night. Very, very good. Very well done. Uh, exposing the bullshit that goes on with the mainstream media. And we've got a lot of other things to talk about also, guys. And uh, welcome. Glad to see you. Hey, thanks What's for up, champ? Jared What's Grimes, up, Jared? What's Berlin, up, Jared? Hey, guys. Jeffrey, my host, all over North America, St. Louis, the Quad Cities, Canada. Scandinavia. Yeah, thanks for having us on again, guys. <laughs> Epic Swampcast. That's a group effort. I've been listening to your show, and, and so, you guys are knocking out of the park, man. Like, yeah, Jim Leon, too, which is one of my favorite guests. And you guys have been doing some, you know, vaccine stuff and some fresh stuff with friends you know that you can talk to about anything. I mean, this is great. We got a debate, man. We got, um, I forget his name, Pat. You're going to have to help me out. He's the director of Vax. El Big Tree of Vax. El Big Tree coming on. We're going to have a pro versus con yeah, or pro, you know, anti our versus. Friend, our former Marine. Uh, or sorry, retired Marine, uh, George Pardos. George Pardos is stepping up. That's a, he's biting off a big chunk there, but that's his specialty is, is that type of, uh, science. So George is a, George is a very intelligent guy. So it should be an interesting debate on vaccines. And my, my take on vaccines is constitutionally based. As I've said, look, it's, I feel it's your choice as a parent, you know, to, uh, to vac- you know, have your kid vaccinated or not. I know people are going to go freak out about that, but you know, it's, it's uh, look, that's a medical procedure being done on children. You know, when you make that mandatory, that's getting a little sketchy in my mind. It's getting a little sketchy. Yeah, I would tend to agree on that one. I do agree on that one. It's well, I just don't like the idea of mandating anything injectionable and, injectable injecting anything and it just it it all seems a little crazy to me especially when you look at big pharma's record yeah <laughs> it's like okay well everything's got a billion side effects but vaccines are fine yeah exactly i mean that's the real thing i mean the information is just so <clears throat> you just un- so untrustworthy like i said in the podcast we had with uh britney um you know it's like the sugar study they said you know just cook those books the tobacco study i mean it's just uh we don't really know what's in these things. I always kind of thought, and I have the thought process that, <clears throat> excuse me, injecting kind of a foreign substance into the body to make the body kind of create uh, a basic natural defense, I thought it was kind of normal and okay. But now with vaccines, you just don't know what the hell's in them from Samarasol. They're breathing these things from aborted fetal tissue, to monkeys. I mean, it's crazy what they're shooting up. Kids who've just coming out of the womb. Yeah, Darren, did you ever look at that expiry date thing on the MMR stuff? Was that, was that real? The one off the CDC site? Yeah, was yeah. that actually off the CDC yeah. site? So you guys have heard all the media about mumps and measles and all that everywhere. and all oh, these, Of course. Uh, so they somebody was digging up the dates for the, is it the expired contract of the MMR vaccine? Or? No, expiry date of the lot. The expiry date of the lot. So it's almost like they had to, you know, whip up sales a little bit. It was March 31st. Like yesterday was the expiry date on those vaccines. Wow. So that explains the fucking hype. Well, I mean, in New York, man, they shut down certain counties. Like kids could go whatever it was. It was like out after a certain point in time or just certain public areas. Kids couldn't go. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. That's kind of, they targeted, they targeted the Jewish community. You know, it's a trip because it's against their religion and they, they targeted them, you know, kind of weird how, uh, 
history repeats itself, the, the Jewish community being targeted like that. And, you know, what are you going to do? You can't let them go out in public. What are you going to start putting stars on their on their fucking clothes again? You right. know what I mean? Singling them out. It's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, the people that are for vaccines, look, I get it. You're freaking out on what I'm saying. But you have to think about what you're demanding of people who don't want to vaccinate. You're telling them that they have to by law. So far, it hasn't happened. Uh, nationwide, but there's been states, Oregon and other places where they're passing these laws where these kids can't go to school, they can't, you know, do all this other stuff. There's no more uh, religious exemptions unless they get the vaccination. When the CDC statistics themselves say that the doctors in Oregon, only 50% are vaccinated, but they, they get a pass because that that was a rider on the law that they took out. They, they, they voted that down that the doctors didn't have to follow that, but the children in school had to. So the doctors are going to be coming in contact with all these kids who have not been vaccinated, but the kids have to be vaccinated. That's that's a crock of shit, man. Yeah. It's all a crock of shit. Said, I mean, I thought, was, sorry. What was that uh what was that big big debacle after the Second World War where we said we weren't going to do this kind of shit anymore? Like, I think right. it actually <laughs> says in there that you can't give people anything they don't want. You can't give them medicine they don't want. Well, and that's the thing, man. That's what we spoke about when we talked to Brittany. We are one outbreak away. I mean, they already are deeming these things, you know, risks to public health. And so they can then do X, Y, Z, which, like Pat said, we can supersede the Constitution. Dangerous waters, man. And again, that's that probably is a beta test. What's going on in New York right now? Let something huge national happen. That's what I was saying. And they net and they mandate it federally. It's yeah. Whew, yeah. to be smoke in the city. Met federally, yeah. That's the uh, that's that's just one of the one of the few what we consider false flags that have that are being released. Look, I think this. I, I think there's a lot of stuff going on. I think that these Joe Biden and some other people being thrown under the bus of late. Are distractions from the fact that the the uh, Trump Russia collusion report from Mueller was a was a big nothing burger. It's uh, yeah, what a what a week for that! What a week for Trump! Eh? It's just like bang, Mueller report, nothing in there, total vindication. The next day, Avenatti gets arrested. It's just like. Something else happened too, I thought. Well, Jesse Smollett got oh, it, off to you. That was the... Something's going on there, I think. Yeah. Smollett will get hit with federal charges, dude. I think it gets tied to Kamala Harris and potentially Cory Booker for uh, potentially, you know, did they, did they help orchestrate all that stuff? Do you think it's all a distraction to distract from the Mueller thing? What do you think the actual fallout on the media is going to be out of this? Well, I mean, they can always pick and choose on what they want to do stories on. I mean, I haven't really heard, and except for people's timeline feed, you know, and this isn't really a Muslim Christian thing, but they are going, Muslims are going around Africa to slaughtering Christians in the hundreds of thousands, you know, just thousands. You just don't hear much about it over here. So, I mean, there, I mean, there's always stories that can kind of pick and choose to talk about. You know, it is interesting how the Jesse Smollett thing after 16 felonies, fucking 16, where it's dropped the news story. I mean, it's almost gone out of the news, which is, you know, very, very interesting. And then now, I mean, I mean, we can get into it, you know, the, the, the murder or assassination, however you want to look at it, this, this rapper Nipsey Hussle out in California. Um, very, very interesting time-wise. Even if, if, even if legit, well, I'm sorry, we, we can talk about that whenever we want to talk about it. At least, Chris Rock, at least Chris Rock had the guts to, uh, 
to make some jokes when they told him not to. Right? That's Chris Rock, though. That's why I love my dude. Did they tell him not to? Yeah. Which oh, is yeah. the worst thing you do to a comic? Don't you can't talk about this? Like, oh, so basically you're telling me to talk well, about that's, it. Well, that's that's the worst thing you used to do to a comic. But it seems like the um seems like nowadays that might be different. I would say there's a ton of comics out there today that if you just told them not to talk about something, they're like, okay. <clears throat> right. Well, I, well, I mean, because they, some you know, of them that don't have spines, right? But, you know, I've always been somebody who, you know, we've got to tell the truth and got to talk the way we're going to talk, no matter what, to keep the First Amendment alive and push that, push that edge further back the other way because you, you can't let them control the narrative and, and kill the First Amendment just based on fear of people losing their jobs. I mean, you, you just can't allow it to happen. And that's why we do what we do. And that's why Cernovich's movie is so powerful, even in the trailer. I mean, this goes back, and I implore everybody, and I say this often on the show, watch The Century of Self. It's a documentary. It's about you know six hours long, but it's amazing. It's basically about Edward Bernays and modern PR and marketing. I mean, the power of the media is so powerful. And like what Pat was saying, we all know they control the, not just the narrative, but then right. your perception of the narrative. Bernays, you know, the propaganda that guy? That Sinclair clip of like all those different news reporters from different parts of the country saying the same thing, but what they're saying is like, we're independent news. We're not about just basically saying this. I mean, it was just insane what they were saying, doing the very thing they were saying they weren't going to do. So the power of the media is just insane. Yeah, and the problem is it's it's too late once they once they make up these fake news things or bring something out, it's too late to retract them. I mean, yes. it's already done yes. its damage. People, that's what people remember. It's too late. Right. And, yeah. And there's no, there's never usually everything counter to the official narrative is what we call whatever conspiracy theory or conjecture or, you know, hypothetical. But I mean, in, in fact, when we look at, you know, real history and how it plays out, their official stories are, you know, the conspiracy theories. When what we talk about on our show, in your show, I mean, it's just fact. It's just alternative uh, versions of history that people don't, some people accept, some people don't. Well, I don't know if you remember back in 2012, everyone's favorite president, Obama, uh, repealed part of the Smith-Muntz Act, which was uh, an anti-propaganda anti law preventing the U.S. government's mammoth broadcasting arm from delivering programming to American audiences. But on July yeah. 2nd, that came silently to an end with the Im implementation of a new reform passed in January. The result an unleashing of thousands of hours per week of government-funded radio and TV programs. Wow. Hello, China. And when you look back at that, five, what, how, 70 years ago, you, you, there's a definite ramp-up of the propaganda and the I fake mean, news. Like, it really did ramp up, it seems. The thing is, I, mean, I is, think is it, it is starts it, before there really that. Nothing new on, is, yeah, exactly. There's nothing new under the sun. I mean, Operation Mockingbird has been in place for... You know, since the end of World War II, and just think about Gulf of Tonkin. Think about the babies in incubators. Think about the sinking of the Maine and William Randolph Hearst and the beginning of the Spanish-American War. The sinking of the Lusitania. I'm like, this has been going on forever. Well, so you you went you went so fast through that that most people who would be new to, to these <laughs> well, I mean, these are just each instances where they tried to get us into the war. The sinking of the so Maine, you, I believe. So yeah, so you can slow it down and say. I'll do it because, well, because if I were a listener, I'd go, wait a minute, what did you just I'm say? I'm sorry, you're absolutely the correct, of, you're absolutely the, correct. The Gulf of Tonkin, which was a false flag that started the Vietnam War, that got a million Vietnamese killed and 50, over 50 plus. American soldiers, yes. servicemen killed. If, if So just that, based on that alone, people think, 
you know, how can you even say that the Vegas shooting potentially was a false flag event? And when I say false flag event, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. That means it was orchestrated to happen the way that it did happen. And people go, why would they butcher, you know, 60 Americans at a country concert? Right. Well, there's there's things that went on behind the scenes that we have uncovered that that would make it so. And if you don't think that they would kill 60,000 or 60 people at a country concert, well, you need to go back to the Gulf of Tonkin and realize that's the same government that killed a million Vietnamese and over 50,000 50, Americans in the Viet, Vietnamese War. Uh, so you, you, 60 people is not a big deal. And that's why, I mean, I'm not a huge, I mean, Alex Jones is Alex Jones. I was entertained by him for quite a while. But him listening to him on Joe Rogan, I agreed with what he said about Sandy Hook. When you know about Operation Gladio, which is basically the government funding and, and arming terrorists, if you will, as communists to go start stuff in Europe to basically frown upon communism. And this happened with ISIS. This just happens throughout the world. So when you know there's historical precedents for these things, like we're talking about the Gulf of Tonkin, the babies in incubators during uh, the first Persian Gulf War, et cetera, et cetera, you Weapons have to just question everything. Weapons of mass destruction, exactly. You, I mean, you would just be derelict to not question then everything. No, not everything is a conspiracy. And even going back to this Nipsey Hussle thing, it could have been some hood shit. It could have been some hood gang shit. But when you have videos of him saying, I'm, I messed with this dude, Sebi, Sebi, who died. Michael Jackson messed with him. He died. Lisa Left Eye Lopez messed with him. He died. And he's, he even says, I'm going to start this documentary. And if something happens to me, if they throw me off of a building, you guys better raise up. Or basically, yeah, some, you know what I mean? Or, he said, ride the bus or something like that. Or you better ride this out or something like that. You guys better ride for me. We, we better ride, ride for, for me. me. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just... We need to explain again to the, to the listeners. Dr. Sebi was, well, uh, many people believe he was murdered, but uh, he died in, in custody down in South America. But he was he was healing people. He claimed, okay, we'll just say he claimed he was healing people of AIDS, of cancer, um, diabetes, all these different diseases. And he got sued. And... And the state of New York sued him, I believe, also. He was charged with malpractice for operating yeah, without a license. He had 77 witnesses come in to the court who claimed, and they had court documentation of medical uh, doctors, basically, and the proof that they had the diabetes, that they had the cancer, that they had, you know, uh, AIDS or, or, or HIV, and that they were cured. And, and after that, they couldn't do anything with it. And then it became public, which, as you said, Jeff, uh, that's what Dr. Sebi wanted. He wanted to go to court so that he could prove he was doing what he was doing and make it public knowledge. And, and then this goes back to the media and media creating a narrative. Nobody ever heard anything about this. He right. was in the state of New York court proving not only was he not found guilty, he was proven through these dozens and dozens of witnesses that came forward with their medical records, proving that he had reversed paralysis, blindness, cancer, AIDS, herpes, etc. It's insane. Yeah, and of course the media is, you know, paid for by big pharma. They spend how much every year? Five billion every year in advertising. I mean, of course they're not going to give any attention to any kind of alternative healing methods that actually work. Well, we just well, yeah, there's no money in healing, curing. There's absolutely, you know, I mean, it's like the crack or you know, the crack dealer. You got to got to keep them hooked. There was just something with um, that someone cured. Didn't someone do a bunch of curing of a couple cases, cured a couple cases of HPV with non-invasive techniques like light, photon, something or other down in Mexico? And you, you just hear about that sort of on the off channels or 
right. think I seen it on RT or something like that. Or, or Cuba recently has patented a, a cure for lung cancer. You kind of heard of that fleetingly, but you just don't really hear about it. Oh, those commies could never do that. Well, you know. <laughs> it makes... Again, the, the, the media has such a powerful hold on how we perceive the world. And that's why I always say on the show, we have to be very responsible on what goes into our brain and comes out of our mouth. Right. Let's talk to, let's talk specifically with the Nipsey Russell deal where he uh, took five to the body and one to the head. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a a gang style hit that basically involves spraying bullets everywhere. Does it? Well, and even from the video that I saw on TMZ, like you said, it was a very cloudy, you know, you really couldn't, it was kind of about maybe 70 yards away. And all you really saw was a body drop and then a lot of people running. So you never really saw any muzzle, muzzle flare or muzzle flash. You know what I mean? It was just kind of, oh, okay, a little bit of nothing. But I mean, it's, it's just unfortunate, dude. But at the end of the day, I always ask the question, you know, Key Bono, you know, this guy was, was absolutely running stuff in this particular area. When I say running stuff, I mean legally. Not only did he buy a store, he was getting griefed by the city and all this other shit for owning the store, you know, as, as a black, black entrepreneur. And he bought the whole building. And so he would, he, he and some other cats were just locking down the block, doing very community oriented, oriented stuff. And you well, know, that's about him. I mean, he spoke a lot about, you know, educating young black youth on it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the goal is not to spend your money on cars and gold and all this other stuff. It's dude, go out and buy some property, invest, you know, so creating that, wealth, so, creating so wealth, wealth. And that's that's something that obviously was a strike against him with the system, but uh, you know, and then we can go back and tie that to MK Ultra with the music and everything else of the '60s, '70s, which moved from into the crack in the '80s in the ghettos and all the other stuff. And as it moved forward into the this new version of rap that is absolutely it's it's bizarre to even listen to. Um, it, it's I hear it every Friday night when I'm doing live shows, you know, between fights. And I just go. This is is this an MK Ultra program too? Because this is some some pretty fun music. <laughs> some of it, some of it is just off the wall. But so the thing is though is is when he was working with Doctor Sebi to do this or doing the documentary about Doctor Sebi, he's been very clear that he might die. He might be killed for doing that. And I've even heard other interviews in the last six eight months saying people saying he needs. To- Nipsey needs to be protected specifically because of this documentary. I just saw a video with uh, Joey Buttons and then somebody else, I forget, where they were talking about he, so who's going to protect him just because of the nature of the work that he's doing. Well, I mean, do you feel like us talking about this subject matter as candidly as we are um, requires us to carry weapons? Now, I don't know. You guys probably can't carry weapons up in Canada. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot up here. <laughs> <laughs> They might send a hit moose after you, is what you're saying. <laughs> the last time they tried, they sent a uh, Mercedes, Mercedes Benz, through the garage. Benz SUV through the garage, and it missed the studio by four inches. Are you for real? Yes, it was a it was a car chase allegedly. There, you know, I think it was a car chase, but obviously there was a big uh, with our oh, community. God, there was a big thing up that you know was a hit trying to take us out. Well, yeah, that's, I woke that's up honestly. I'm sorry, go ahead. I woke up two in the morning and I, there was just like fucking cops everywhere, cop lights everywhere. I could see car headlights in my garage through the open door. And I went to go outside and the cops were like, get in the house. And I'm just like, holy shit. 
So finally, I waited a few minutes. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going out there. So I went out there and yeah, sure enough, I went out there. This SUV's in my garage and it's on top of my vehicles. And oh, yeah, it was a big, wow. de- it was a big debacle and the cops chased him in there. So, um, was he okay? Was he okay afterwards? Yeah, he was okay enough to keep running. <laughs> right. Wow. They got him actually. I think he skipped court a bunch of times, but apparently I'm going to get my deductible back from him eventually. Nice. Wow. Nice. Hardcore. But that was a lot so, yeah. of work just getting, oh. getting everything sorted out through insurance and all that. But. This is why oh, Graham sure. sits on the exterior wall in the new studio so that <laughs> if a vehicle comes through the wall, I should be able to have time to get away. Out there the back. you go. He's the sacrificial lamb in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. I don't think I would ever carry a weapon. I mean, I will say this. I am a pal. I do have my pal, which is my uh, personal acquisitions license for firearms. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I say anything other than I have that. I carry, I carry when I can. Um, I'm on planes a lot. So there's times obviously I can't, Um, but, uh, but I carry, I carry as much as much as I can. You know, so just to make sure lead, hot lead goes back the other direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know, but you know, what's interesting about this uh, Nipsey Hustle deal also on top of everything is Nick Cannon is going to finish that documentary. That's what I heard. Nick Cannon is going to pick up the torch, dude. It's, it's really interesting. He feels a lot of passion and, and Jeff and I were talking about this. Nipsey Hustle, I think just got turned into a martyr. We were, Jeff, and yeah, I think that I think that this is something that wakes up a lot of people that's, to this subject. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Well, and again, you know, somewhat a lot, part of the- in the, a lot of people in the urban cities and stuff like that 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 may have not been been wise to a lot of the stuff that's been going on that we talk about on our show. Um, you know, are are probably all aware now. Um, of of a lot of this stuff with homeopathic doctors, and that all it takes is that one subject, that one thing that opens up somebody's mind to the media doing what they do and the system doing what it does, and not exposing the truth and, and what we're talking about every every week. And so I think it's I think it's a it's a really bad move if this was if this was what what we think it was potentially uh, murdering him for doing that documentary. On Dr. Sebi, I think they made a horrible mistake. And even if it wasn't uh, that move, it's still going to be bringing the light to all this. I mean, exactly. and, and I was going to say, do, do you guys think, I was going to say the same thing. Do you guys think that all these little things that have been happening, I mean, the media has been burned numerous times. I mean, it almost feels like they're putting us on. <laughs> like it's so, it's so fake. <laughs> right. They're, they're kind of eating their own right now. Do you think that it's only a matter of time before it does crumble? I mean, there is a whole bunch of people that are waking up to how bad it actually is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the beauty about these kind of shows. You know what I mean? And uh, we try to attract as large an audience as possible. And really what we try to do is like try to transcend that right left conversation because, you know, the, the matters that we're talking about do indeed transcend these, these yeah. tribes that they try to put us in. So, um, kind of even going back to the hustle thing and it's, it's kind of part of this larger conversation, right? That's what you alluded to. Pat is absolutely right. Whether, whether it's some hood shit or it's a conspiracy, you can't put that toothpaste back into the bottle because now everybody, as I'm watching on YouTube, a maj- 90, 85 to 90% of people saying this has to do with his affiliation with Dr. Sebi. And we're, talking re- from, we're talking from uh, people from, you know, south side of LA. From that was- area. But I am also seeing messages from people who knew him, who actually know the person. It was somebody he knew 
and it was, you know, some hood shit. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But still, like, at the end of the day, Dr. Right. Sebi's name is still resonating out there. And people who do, honestly, just because of all the things we're talking about, whether, you know, global politics and false flag attacks, et cetera, et cetera, in the black community, this is just another cat who was trying to do right by black folks who's been taken out. Go back to Malcolm X, Dr. Martin King, et cetera, et cetera. So they're going to gravitate automatically towards the conspiracy of it because that's just kind of how history is kind of played out. Whether it's with Sebi or some hood shit, again, at the end of the day, he is a martyr now. Well, and yeah, and Dr. Sebi is trending on Twitter because sure. of it. Exactly. So there's a lot of people being exposed to, to this stuff, man. Well, and a lot of people don't even know. Like, I watched an interview with Sebi today. He was saying, you know, Randy Jackson, Michael Jackson's brother, brought me to him. So Michael was sick about whatever, and he said, I cured Michael, whatever. I can't say what it was because, you know, hip or whatever it is. And then, um, like I said, Lisa, and then Mike died, right? You know, and then there's all that speculation about how he died in the profile and that doctor, et cetera, et cetera. Lisa Left Eye Lopez goes and hangs out with him. She dies. You know, Sebi himself dies. Now, the guy who's about to pick up the torch and basically recreate the court court hearing, um, Nipsey Hussle, dies. So it's just, for most people, it's just kind of a pragmatic thought process of like, wow, something's up here. Even if, Cannon, you know, if there is nothing to it, there's, you know. Nick Cannon might want to have some bodyguards. Well, to take out Nick now would just be insane. Like, they did this with Nipsey, not necessarily on the low, but it was, you know, you can't be taking out folks back to back necessarily because then it just reeks like a fart in the car that, all right, something's up. You think so? Yeah, yeah but if, if the, if the, if the ultimatum is something worse than that, I mean, you can just hire hood rats to go shoot people. Well, and again, it's, I, you just never know who the Judases are in this industry because to get to the top, you have to be compromised, just like politics. So could Sebi's work now be handed over to a dude that on paper, he kind of looks like you can trust him, host this show, et cetera, et cetera, but he's actually part of the other team? You just never know. Right. So, so do we have Cernovich yet? I can. Is he ready? I can try calling him whenever. Yeah, let's try and get him. Let's try and get him on. Sir, no. Oh, oh, where'd you go? Okay, you guys keep talking. And this, you know, and this falls another thing in line. And we've talked about this on the on the show a lot. When we talked about it with Brittany, dozens and dozens and dozens of holistic doctors are turning up dead over these last several years, yeah. including Doctor Sebi. Yeah. So I mean, clearly there is this war on holistic medicine. Even just we talked about on the show too, self sufficiency in general. They need you to be dependent on the state for basically your your sub your subsistence, your yeah. very life. Yeah. You know, you collect rainwater. Oh no, we can't let you do that. Really? And the problem with all the censorship right now is who knows what's going to be censored. Like maybe we won't be able to say Doctor Sebi on Twitter anymore. I mean, that's really what slope, it seems man. like it's going to come to. I mean, there. That's why I agree with Alex when he's like, "Look, man, when you set the precedent of saying that you can't say certain things in a land of the free and the First Amendment is freedom of speech." You know, I, I, it, 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 you know, there's that subtlety to the conversation of, yeah, you can say whatever you want, but there's consequences to it. And when you get on these social networking things, you agree to certain guidelines. And if you violate the guidelines, that's not violating your First Amendment right. Yeah. We just run a business. Well, as far as as far as the guidelines, social, if you violate them. Uh, yeah, as far as social media, the Twitter, the know, Facebook. So it's the, an interesting conversation to have. But yeah, the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, that stuff. You know, that's how people communicate now. If you think about it, it has sure. become it has become Ma Bell and can be, I think, eventually here, I would think once we get a, 
uh, a reliable uh, Congress in that can say, look, this is a utility. So now you, you, you know, because they can't deny me email access because I write something they don't like because it's a utility. Yeah. You see what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Right. And they, they can't cut off my phone service because they, because I say something that they don't like because it's a utility. So eventually I think that it's going to have to be categorized that way. And, you know, that's one of those, one of those moments where you go, all right, government's actually needed for something like this because otherwise we get controlled by, you know, the big corporate, you know, interests. But will government actually pull the trigger on that? Yeah, your Twitters, your YouTube. Well, this goes. Hey, you can't come speak at my university because I don't. I mean, it becomes a it becomes a really really slippery slope when you start talking about restricting people's you know freedom of speech. Yeah, for anybody that I mean, if you're a left leaning person and you believe that people coming to colleges and speaking. Uh, that you know you don't agree with is okay. That's that's really or somebody on the right. Look, right. It, it doesn't matter if they're coming to speak about you know I as much as I detest Marxism and socialism. Look, you, you got to give them freedom of speech. You can't deny them the right to come into an auditorium and speak to a bunch of people. You just it's right. it's madness to, to even consider doing that. But yet we're seeing riots. We're seeing you know whether it's Soros funded lunatics. You know lighting stuff on fire and turning cars over out in California at universities when, you know, when, when, when Shapiro shows up for God's sakes. Yeah. You can't, or you can't, Jordan uh, Peterson. You, yeah. You're just going to force it underground. I mean, this stuff, like, you know, I'm not for hate speech. I don't like hate speech, but uh, free speech is more important. I mean, you have to be able to shine the light on, on the hate speech and it will, it will dim that, you know, I mean, it's otherwise it's just going to force this whole underground communication network. That's just going to propagate the hate more. I mean, it really is well, just going to backfire. And who, who gets to be the deciding factor, exactly. you know what I mean? Or the deciding authority. Yeah. It's like, and that's what, that's what's so crazy. Now people on the left are very cool with restricting people's free speech when they don't like them. But what if it's somebody they, you know, they've condoned it now. So you have to condone it later when it's somebody you do like yeah. that has to suffer the same consequences. But nobody wants to be, you know, super morally, morally, socially equitable about like that. You know, it's it's what they want. I don't like it. So go fuck yourself. Go fuck your free speech. It's like, no, dude, that's just not how it works. Yeah. So, yeah. And speaking of, uh, you know, the the free speech stuff that's, you know, being attacked over, say, in Britain, where they're going after people, throwing people in jail for for some of these uh, Facebook posts for, you know, some of the other stuff that's going on over there. but. The for exposing pedophile grooming gangs, for God's sakes, you know, there's there's people being thrown in jail over in Britain. But, you know, I'm I'm sitting here thinking in Canada, you you guys are being uh, squelched by the Trudeau administration. It's it's incredible what I'm seeing up there. Yeah, it's getting it's getting really bad. I mean, and there's uncovering a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stuff. Some people think it's, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to last anymore. It's going to fall apart. I mean, I, I, Trudeau is going to be run out. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I've, to be honest with you, I haven't folded quite as much as Darren, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's corrupt too. Just like, just like everything else. And people are, you know, there's a free speech problem mm -hmm. here too. I mean, there's people getting uh, in trouble now for, uh, somebody just got uh, a big fine for calling somebody, uh, a biological male, I think. 
My turn. My yeah, someone just got <laughs> someone just got fined like fifty grand or something. Fifty I think, grand, right? fifty-five yeah. grand. I mean, I don't know Are the whole. Con- I don't know the whole context of it, and it was, but it was a political a political thing, and uh, yeah, somebody <laughs> called somebody a name basically, and I think there's a name for it, and in, in there's a name for it. I, I misgendering. Heard it, yeah, it's something even more than that. It's misgendering, and it's got something to do with history or something like. Uh, can't remember the name of it. Yeah. It's beyond, I think it's beyond misgendering, but I mean, either way, it's like, yeah, it's not nice well, and it's not right, so, but the, the, you know, that being public, that being put in the papers and you know, in the news and everything about that person being fined $50,000 intimidates everybody else. It, it gets the desired response that, oh, sure. that was yeah. intended to, yeah. right? to squelch the free speech. Yeah. You know, whether you, whether you like it or not, it's still squelching free speech. Yeah, and which is weird. Some people just people's willingness to accept it when it's something that they're into or they they believe in is just funny because it's don't they realize the presence that's being set? Like if you yeah, exactly. a threat to freedom anywhere is a threat to freedom everywhere. Yeah. Come on, yeah, that's slippery. What's slope. up with Cerno? What's up with Cerno? Uh, I just I sent you guys a message in the Twitter chats we got going. Uh, uh, okay. Oh, Cerno, where art thou? Darren, have you been paying attention to Canadian politics at all in this whole Trudeau? I think Trudeau's in trouble. Actually, it looks like I've seen, I, I don't pay attention a lot, but it looks like Trudeau might be in trouble. I mean, there's even people saying that he might call for an early election or he might resign or, I mean, I don't know about any of that stuff. But, uh, I mean, they seem to be the, the people who were who were really loving him a little while ago. Mm. Um, aren't loving him so much anymore. Um, so he's waiting in Skype. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay, tell him Darren, to oh, Darren, get your shit together. Oh, snap. Tell him to accept my Ooh. invitation from Grimerica and then I will add him. Okay. I will do that. What right. you talking about, Will? What you talking about, Willis? Yeah, I don't know. Trudeau's inbox or resignation is overflowing. McCain's, SNC Lavalin. I mean, we got Global News going after him. The Star, McLean's. Yeah, break down, break down this uh, Lavalin stuff. Well, basically, he they they were they got caught. Uh, they got caught giving Bribing, Gaddafi's kid like briefcases full of money, and the Gaddafi's in Libya briefcases full of money to get huge state contracts. <laughs> And they got really? they got caught doing that. And I mean, um, I don't know all the details. People would have to check it out. But basically, this one, um, this one MP, MP, and she was uh, the attorney general, I think, too, or something like that. Wilson Raybould was getting like pressured, and she finally spoke out and was like, "No, I can't do this." And then it, it turns out that this these SNC Lavalin guys took Gaddafi's kid, a dictator's kid, across Canada. Uh, visiting hookers. They spent $30,000 on hookers for him, spent a year traveling across Canada, all expenses paid, staying at nice hotels, learning Canadian culture and English, and then sent him home all on SNC-Lavalin, a dictator's kid. And then they got caught. They got caught handing out briefcases full of money to get um, high, high, high high-value government contracts in Libya. 
And then she testified, I guess, about it, right? Was it an yes. actual testify? And then, but she wasn't allowed to come back, where everybody else was allowed to come back and retestify. So there's a bunch of scandal around uh, giving her her fair shake to to come back and and talk about it. Wow, sounds like America. It's it's pretty close. <laughs> it sounds like a data. Well, you guys American aren't paying car, you, but you guys aren't quite as globalist, and you're not paying carbon taxes yet. I mean, you got France rioting in there for how many weeks in a row now? Like five, four months, maybe three or four months, and uh, yeah, week after week, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know we're we're getting stuck with the carbon taxes too, based on this global warming scam, and uh, it's just brutal. You know, or, uh oh, you know, arrest them. He accepted. Hey, he accepted. Yeah, sir. Yeah. Sir, no, and five. Yeah. Five minutes or five seconds? Five minutes. Well, actually, that'll give me five minutes. He said give him five. So that'll give me a, a good good time here to give a quick little breakdown here. So 2015, the RCMP charged SNC-Lavalin and two subsidiaries with corruption and fraud for allegedly paying nearly $48 million to public officials in Libya between 2001 and 2011 to influence government decisions under the Muammar Gaddafi regime. The RCMP also charged the Montreal-based company, its construction division, and a subsidiary with fraud and corruption for allegedly defrauding Libyan organi organizations of about $130 million. Oh. Oh. May 2015. The SNC-Lavalin Chief Executive Officer Robert Carr says the company would like to arrange a deferred prosecution agreement with Ottawa to avoid prosecution and developments that might jeopardize the company's work. 2016-2017, federal lobbyist registry shows SNC-Lavalin representatives registered more than 50 meetings with federal officials and parliamentarians, at which subjects include justice and law enforcement. September 2017, Trudeau government launches consultations on whether to introduce deferred prosecution agreements, also called remediation agreements, as an additional tool for prosecutors to address corporate crime. Such deals suspend criminal prosecution if the accused admits to facts that would support a conviction, pays a penalty, relinquishes any benefit gained from the wrongdoing, and cooperates with authorities. So, I mean, that line right there, the fact that we have two tiers of justice right there, like, if I get caught bribing a cop, I'm fucked. Done, though. But these guys, it's just like, okay, well, maybe you could just pay a fine, you know? Well, just, if you guys just admit you did something wrong, you just pay a little fine, everything will be okay. February 2018, the budget includes amendments <clears throat> to the criminal code to allow mediation agreements, which are already used in Britain and the United States. So we add this to our to our fucking criminal code or to 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 allow this for these guys. Now here's the other thing is SNC Lovelin is based in Quebec, which holds a ton of parliamentary seats, which is what gets the Liberals constantly reelected. Quebec also gets $11 billion a year in equalization payments from all the other provinces in Canada, paid out mostly by Alberta and other countries. Jeez. Yeah, we get hose in the deal. Totally. We get hose. We pay them $11 billion a year, and they, their daycare is $150 a month, and ours is $1,200. What? Welcome to some fucked up version of socialism. But you know what that is? Yeah. You know what that is is, I mean, we'll, we'll, take, we'll take Quebec if you guys don't want it because they supply a lot of energy to us. Give us like you, Montana and, and uh, Utah, no, and, no and, and, and then we'll, we'll give you we'll give you Quebec and BC. This or yeah, we can we can we can make a deal here, hundred <laughs> percent. We can work something yeah. out. We'll take the, we'll take we'll keep the front speakers in Montana and Utah. You guys just 
You guys just do your thing with no energy. Good luck with the candles. Good luck using candles. What what are you kidding? I'm in Alberta, baby. We got all the oil in the country. Good point. Good point. This sounds like you guys are brokering like the Louisiana purchase, like brokering a deal of land you don't even own. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. So anyway, fast forward to now. um, And uh, we got, uh, where is she here now? Here we go. January 14th, Jody Wilson-Raybould is shuffled from her position as Minister of Justice and Attorney General to Minister of Veterans Affairs and Associate Minister of National Defense, which I think was like a 30-point drop in her, on like the table of where you, on the hierarchy, she dropped like 30 points as soon as it turned out she wasn't going to go. So she got dropped because she didn't want to continue that investigation or something like that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, fast forward to now and it's like, uh, it just heated up again the other day because I think she released some tape or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, she but, recorded, secret recording. I mean, it's kind of just what we needed to get this guy out of here because he does seem to have a lot of the country hypnotized, you know? It's like, <laughs> this guy can do whatever the fuck he wants as long as he looks good and takes a lot of selfies. It's it's unbelievable. He just dude, gives away our money. All day, and, he's, and he's made some comments about the East, like basically Quebec is Canada. Yeah, Quebec is Canada, and, and the the West means nothing. Like it, it, the the videos that are that are of him years ago talking bad about the West, it just makes you think, what the fuck is going on? You know here? what you got to do? Prime Minister is you just got to Google Trudeau Ethics Commission, and there'll be a bunch of clips on YouTube, and it'll be like the one time he was in Parliament. I think he got asked 18, 18 times oh in a God. row how many times he's he's um, visited the Ethics Commission. And he, he just, he's like, oh, I'm happy to visit with the ethics commission whenever they ask me. And the next person's like, okay, well, how many times? Oh, I'm happy to visit with them as many times as they ask me. He gets asked this 18 times in a row and he, he just. And he won't answer it. Yeah, never. And there's like video after video after video of this guy just giving this generic answer. I mean, look what happened when someone called him out in a press conference on paying for buddies hookers. He's like, you know, you took this guy across the country, they paid for his hookers, and now you guys are going to just let him off? What do you think about all that? And he's like, you know, we're here to defend the rights of the workers, and we're, we're going to stand up for Canadian workers every chance we get. And you're, like, <laughs> you're like, what the fuck it was even about that? Okay, I got to go at Cerno. Okay, we got to add him here. Dude, how did you guys get duped into voting for him? Cool, because it's all back. It's all back east, right? Whoever, whatever back east wants, they get. They're all the votes, right? It's uh, so you're saying. So you're saying the Quebecois are at fault. Yeah, and Ontario too, right? Yeah. 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 Wow, that's uh, that's crazy. I'm gonna have to have a have to have a conversation with my wife about that. Her family's she's French Canadian. Yeah, I'm from Montreal. I was born in Montreal. We moved out. We moved yeah. out west in the late seventies. Yeah. Do you speak French? I used to when I was a kid. But yeah, when all the when all the signs started changing to French on our road signs, we, we moved out west. Mike Cernovich, what's up, gentlemen? Hey, hey man, thanks for, joining us, buddy. sorry for the sorry for the mix up there. All good, all good. Good stuff. So turn your level on your mic down. We are ready to rock and roll. We got Mike Cernovich, folks. I'm pretty damn happy about that little reunion. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, you've been a busy man. You got your new documentary out, hoax. We want to talk about that. Watched it last night. Very man, the cinematography, everything, incredible, incredible stuff. Yeah, I, I couldn't. Um, 
I'm going to turn my mic down. Yeah, I couldn't be happier, actually. It was really unbelievably good. And the, the, Jordan, the Peterson, guys, Jordan Peterson interview, excellent. Yeah. yeah, the guys blew me away, dude. Everybody blew me away on this. You, uh, you have been targeted by the media on numerous occasions, and you, you decided to turn the table with this, with this documentary. Tell us a little bit about how it all came together, buddy. Yeah, I, I like to do, I, you know, like anything else, you want to challenge yourself, right? You feel like you're, you're really pushing, pushing yourself. And I just always wanted to do a great film, an, an amazing film. I did a film a couple of years ago that wasn't what it should be. And I felt like I left it, left it on the field, you know, like I could have had something great and it, it didn't turn out great. And I was obsessed with finding the right project and the right team to do a great film and then I said, well, what, what better project than a film on fake news? Hmm. That's uh, it, it. So, you know, when we go through it in the beginning, the trailer alone is incredible. I mean, anybody that sees the trailer and doesn't buy it, I don't know how they don't buy it because it's, it's so compelling. And we have been talking on our shows, our podcast, and as you as well, online constantly pointing out how many, how many basically falsifications or just not talking about the truth at all just leaving it out completely uh, that, that we've sat there and witnessed i could go through the list of of hundreds if not thousands that we've talked about and you you put it together concisely in this documentary and i, I tell you man it's it's finally for anybody out there it's a perfect film for anyone who doubts what we say just sit down and watch the documentary hoaxed for you to, to have a light bulb go on in your head. I think it was that well done for people that, that would be a denier. It's hard to deny after that. Thank you. And, and we made it to have crossover appeal, too. So you're, if you're a lefty, a conservative, or whatever you are, you'll find, you'll find something good in there. And, and I did the opposite of most people do in their films. Like I, you know, I interviewed with someone from Black Lives Matter, and we shot him good. We made him look good. We let him present his best argument. And a lot of people who like me or whatever, like Trump or more conservative, some of them didn't really like that part. And I'm like, well, good. You always cry that the the snowflakes won't let you come onto your college campuses. So don't don't cry to me if I put somebody with a different point of view in a right. film. Right? You got to yeah. have it both ways. And it was it was nice because you pointed something out to him. You know, you can elaborate on that. You can point out to him, and he's like, "Dude, I got like 4,000 4, people on my Facebook page, and I've never even seen this story." Yeah, exactly. There was a major—I don't want to spoil the moment too much, right. other than to say there was a major news event that the media didn't cover, and there's a reason that the media uh, didn't cover that, and and that's because we, we, you know, we see a pattern, which is if there's like the Covington Gate story is a perfect example. Who cares? You know, let's just say worst case, some 15-year-old kids heckled some 70-year-old Native American guy, right? As we know, that didn't happen. Who? Why is that worthy of the Washington Post and the New York Times? That, that isn't real news. But if they can use that as a proxy war against Trump, suddenly that's a huge story. But if a Bernie supporter kills like and, and remember this the the steve scalise shooting that lasted about four hours and the media wanted to go away because that guy was a democrat he tried to murder a bunch of republicans so the media's like oh you know we'll kind of cover it so they can't say we didn't and then they move right. on really really quickly and there's no follow-up 
and, and that's the pattern. If the media only cares about a story, if they can use it as a bludgeon to hit Trump or conservatives or Republicans with, but if there's actually something worse being done by the left, you won't hear anything about it in the mainstream. For example, in Philadelphia, four members of Antifa were arrested and charged with hate crimes because they attacked, believe it or not, Latino Marines. They these this is all true. You know, people don't believe it when I tell them that they these Marines were walking down the street and these Antifa people said, "Are you proud boys?" And they were like, "Well, Marines, yeah, we're proud. You know, we're proud." And then they were attacked. And they're like, "What? What is going on?" Well, Antifa thought they were proud boys. You know, the men's group or the fraternal group, whatever you want to call it. And then one of the Marines was Latino, so they were saying anti-Latino slurs on this Marine. Shouldn't that be a big story? Members of the Marines were attacked by far left-wing domestic terrorist group. Nothing from the media, though. All these people say support the troops. We love the troops. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, here you go. Why don't you support the troops? Why don't you report on it? Nothing from the mainstream media. It's just some little blurb in the alternative weekly publication. And, and that's the world we live in, and that's why people don't trust the media, because it isn't just what they report is fake, which most of it is fake. It's what they're not reporting. They're not reporting true stories. Right. We were just talking about the, you know, the number of Christians being killed in Africa right now. And that is an absolute non-story with with the with the media because it does not suit their narrative. Yeah, we that's a, another great point, which is Christian. There, well, even put it differently, there are one. Let's just play the media's games, right? Okay, they don't. We know the media doesn't care about Christians. They claim to care about Muslims. Okay, there are one million Muslims being kept in basically internment camps, whatever you want to call them, concentration camps in China. A million right. Muslims. Yeah. Nothing from the media. Why? Well, because there's China invests heavily in American media. China they buy a lot of ads in the media. They're supporting CNN, propping up all these fake news outlets. So it's like, okay, you care so much about Muslims. Why don't you report? Why isn't this a huge story? Why aren't they saying President Trump? How can you do deal, deals with China when China is keeping Muslims in internment camps? And they don't, so they don't care, they don't care about anything, dude. All they care about here's all the media cares about: global destruction. Murder, bombing people, d destroying yeah. the Middle East regime. They're a sociopathic death cult. People go, well, that sounds awfully severe. <laughs> show me a war the media opposed. Mm -hmm. show, show me one. Mm -hmm. Just show me. You can't do it. That's what they are. It is a sociopathic death cult. And I would love for them to prove us wrong, but they, you know, they want to go us into Syria. They want us to go to Venezuela. They claim to really care about Muslims, at least when they can advocate for gun control and social media censorship. But they don't want to talk about the one million Muslims in concentration camps in China. So it's all a ruse, dude. And nobody smart is actually falling for this nonsense anymore. It's, is, it's, it, is, it all, is it all ratings? Is it all rating push for each of these companies? Or is it from Defense Department to push certain narratives about regime change here or there? I don't think it's all ratings because you could get, get great ratings talking. I mean, Fox News is the number one most watched cable channel, right? So you could get a lot of ratings by reporting on the truth about violence against Trump supporters. There's a saying, if it bleeds, it leads. Well, hey, I have blood for you every day happening to Trump supporters, blood in the streets, man. People almost getting killed all the time. Women getting attacked. Marines being attacked by Antifa. So if it were really about ratings, they would say, stay, CNN would say, stay tuned we're about to show you a far left-wing domestic terrorist group, Antifa, uh, commit a racist hate crime against the Latino Marine. That That's ratings right there, bro. That is, so why don't they report on that? Well, because they support the left-wing terrorist groups. They're all they're all in it together. It's yeah. amazing. CNN, they, they love Antifa. You can I see them, Don Lemon is praising Antifa. 
I see the I see the goal. I mean, and this is not an extreme view. This is a common view. I've talked to an awful lot of people across this country that the media wants an implosion. They want they want left and right to clash. They want guns taken away. They want people being shot in the streets so that there can be martial law. That's how they get the guns ultimately. And then they can do whatever they want when they get into power. Well, and they think that the problem is they think it, this. Here's the difference, I guess, between me and the fake news media and, and probably Pat, you know, you other guys is, you know, you, you, you think you're going to win every fight. But as you learn, you never know how hard the other guy can hit. Right. Until it's too late. So the media, they just assume if we disarm all these, you know, hicks and flyover state, then we're going to be in charge. But you, how do you how do they know? Right. Maybe they end up in the gulags just like everyone else. So they've never actually had any real adversity in their lives to realize, like, I'm I'm more libertarian just because I don't I don't trust me with power. I don't trust anybody with power. Yeah. But it, but in their world, they think we'll have all the power and we'll rule. Maybe, maybe not, though. Maybe somebody more extreme and more radical and more sociopathic than the media will rule them. And then that'll be a big backfire. Where do you think the pharmaceutical? Well, yeah, I mean, you think about that. Think about that. They, thank God, uh, they, they've got to be thanking God that a Pinochet hasn't come into power, given free helicopter rides to communists, right? Well, they, that's that's the issue is there, there'll always be a backlash. Right. And that that's what I warn people against is that the, if the left takes over, they keep abusing people like they are, and they keep supporting these sociopathic death cults like Antifa and these terror groups. What do they? What do they think that ends? It, it never ends that way. There's always a backlash, and the backlash is usually terrible. So if I were uh, a media weenie, so to speak, I would be thinking, "Oh man, there might be somebody like Bolsonaro coming up if I'm not careful." I, I have a good gig. I'm making a lot of money. I'm, you know, selling Vioxx and opioids <laughs> to the masses for my pharmaceutical owners. Maybe I ought to keep cashing these big checks like they do in the media and, and not not try to get this backlash, but they don't even see it that way because they're not really that smart and they, they can't think more than one move ahead. How much of the, so, how, much, how much pull did you find the pharmaceutical companies have doing, doing a deep dive? Cause I mean, I've looked into that. If we've looked into that a few times here in Grimerica and you know, there's a six now five companies that are controlling all the major networks. And as far as you can tell, it seems like most of their support is coming all from pharmaceutical companies um, is there like, obviously a lot of it's ideological, ideological based, but it seems like there's a lot of money dumping in from pharmaceuticals. Do you think any of that is like straight, is any of that dirty money for pushing this political slant or they, is that just their actual political beliefs? I mean, you have Smith months repeal in 2012 that obviously is putting an angle on everything. I mean, what's, what's driving it? And, and do you think that the Mueller report and what these networks have been saying for the last couple of years is going to have any effect on that. Well, they absolutely are owned by big pharma. One thing I like to tell people is, do you know, I'm reading that I'm not being rude. I'm reading right now that as many as 500 people a year die from acetaminophen or Tylenol overdoses. <laughs> How many people? Know, why is that? Not, why? Do, and if you tell people that's like, that isn't true. That is, no, you can, you can go find this data. Why is that not Tylenol is actually terrible stuff. And what happens is people have a hangover and because their liver is already overworking from, you know, clearing the alcohol out, Tylenol is actually very toxic for the liver. Even if you have a very healthy liver, well, why doesn't everybody know that? Well, how, who advertises, right? You really, if you're CNN, are you going to do a special report 
on how dangerous Tylenol is and why actually there's really no reason to take Tylenol as opposed to, except in very, very, very rare circumstances, there's no reason to take Tylenol instead of ibuprofen. There just, there isn't to do it. It's very liver toxic. So why, why don't more people know that? But then I think all of us are, you know, in our late 30s, early 40s-ish. We all remember uh, ephedrine when you could get good ephedra and ultimate orange in the pre-workouts. One guy claimed he had a heart attack, even though he was like super obese and took a whole bottle. And it was banned, right? You couldn't get ephedra. You couldn't get rip fuel, right? You remember you get twin lab stuff. Rip, rip fuel. fuel. Like, nothing like it, right? And <laughs> one guy who was just way out of shape anyway, shouldn't be taking it, has a heart attack. Maybe wasn't even due to ephedra because he was out of shape, but they got to ban ephedra. Okay, well, 500 people a year are dying from acetaminophen. Why then is there no call to to ban Tylenol? Why is there no media report coverage on Tylenol stuff? Well, the the ad dollars, right? It's all about big ad dollars for pharmaceutical companies. Do you think it's unraveling to the point like it, since your documentary came out as well? It's just been ramping up, and it's there's one big story after another that they're getting sort of raked over the coals. Do you think it's unraveling to the point where it's gonna peak at some point here? Yeah, I don't. I've been looking at age averages. The only people who trust CNN are like really old people now. People that that's why there was this big push to censor podcasts like yours. Anybody, they were banning documentaries on vaccination, right? Yeah. I like, I, I, will, for <laughs> example, I tweeted out the other day, or not the other day, like two months ago. I said, Oh, I'm watching the movie Vax. Has anyone seen it? And it was like an army of paid trolls attacked me. Oh, you're anti vax. And it's like, What are you talking about? I, I watch do documentaries all the time. You know, I didn't even, I haven't even watched it. I, and even if you watch a documentary on vaccines, they're coming for you. They're going to, you know, they'll try to ban you. I was talking to one guy, he had a podcast and he said that it got shadow banned. It used to be a top 100 podcast on iTunes. And then he had Dell Bigtree on it to talk about vaccinations. Holy shit. And they didn't even go full anti-vax. They just went full on like, no, no, here's some very yeah. straightforward stuff. So his podcast wasn't banned, but he was shadow banned. So listen to this. Top we were, yeah. we've been consistently in the top 20 philosophy podcasts in the US iTunes store for the last year and a half. Since we had Del Big Tree on, I can't find <laughs> us in the top 200 <laughs> philosophy <clears throat> podcasts. And there's shows on there that have three reviews that haven't released an episode <laughs> in fucking three months. And Grimerica's just gone since we had, and you know what, I'll have Del Big Tree on again. But uh, just so you guys know, I know you guys- Are you prepared to go we got him on next yeah, week to, doing a pro and anti-vax. Yeah, so is going to be debate with a pro-vaxer. So we're given we're given equal rights and equal voice to that. both sides of this argument. And I would hope, look, if if the pro-vaccine people and and the, the anti-vaccine people uh, want to hear the truth out of two educated men on the subject, uh, that should be that should be it should be available to everyone. And if it's not, then what are they afraid of? They're afraid of the truth. They're afraid of the truth with every subject that we bring up. And it's that's that's where you got to scream louder, man. You got to point it out and you got to say, look, people better wake up and start listening and fighting for the truth or or we got some big problems on our hands. Well, well and prepare, that's funny too. You mentioned to further shadow ban, Pat. Sorry, Mike. Well, uh, no, and that's funny you mentioned that. That was what you told me was exactly what this other podcaster said. He goes, he goes, they're just mom and pops now overtook me. 
He's like, there's just some mom and pop podcast, eight ratings. And this guy's got thousands of ratings, been on forever. He was always top 100 or top 125. Now he can't even find it. And that's how it's going, where if you even have Del uh, Big Tree on your podcast, they, there's some kind of monitor, some kind of algorithm, and boom, you're, you're deplatformed. So there's a lot of talk about conservative speech being censored, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, that's true, but they're actually going after the people who are for informed consent about vaccines. They're going after them harder than they're going after conservatives. They're they're banning their books. I mean, I never thought I'd see the day where books would be banned from bookstores, and they're banning books about alternative treatments for autism and all kinds of conditions where the families are hopeless right that's what that's what i learned about all this stuff going going in through because i'm pro-vaccine i don't you know we're not arguing vaccines but there if you're there's books now that have helped people who have children with autism and these people are hopeless these parents have tried everything and now they can't even get these books where maybe there's a glimmer of hope in them that's very very scary and and that's what people are facing if they have any kind of alternative beliefs about the world. Well, this is why you guys need to share uh, share the shows you love because we can't be found in iTunes and Spotify and stuff anymore. So it's it's up to the listeners to share the content and support wow. the content because the, the days of otherwise are gone. It is Orwell's 1984, and we're right in the middle of it. Yeah, do that. Scary man. And Michael, I wanted to ask you. I mean, it's so funny. Like when Trump started running, I, I was, I was hearing these terms. I mean, I've been familiar with terms like deep state and quote unquote fake news. For me, fake news, it's been going on forever. But it goes back kind of it's kind of controlling a lot of media companies, similar to you know the smaller, fewer companies owning all these uh, outlets now. How much do you think that plays in what we're talking about? You know, obviously it's still going on today. How much do you think that kind of operation of an Operation Mockingbird still persists today? Well, for me, I knew the news was fake when there was the housing market crash of 2008-2009. And everybody in the news who said there was no housing bubble and go buy a house, nobody got fired. There were no consequences. And that's when I just realized, okay, it's all fake. Because you can't, you can't have real news unless people who are wrong face some kind of repercussions. And so for me, that was my, that was my big, because I was kind of just a normal, regular guy back then, right? Just living my life. And I just thought, how is it that all these people are, they weren't fired? How did Paul Krugman not get fired? How did, nobody, nobody got in any kind of trouble at all. And then I realized, okay, it's, it's all fake. And that's what got me looking into things more deeply. Okay. Well, because I mean, it just seems to have played out, like we were talking earlier before you came on, from, you know, weapons of mass destruction to Gulf of Tonkin to, I mean, it just, the, the use of the media to get us into things we had no business being in, it just, uh, it, it just goes back a long time. And when I hear things like fake news now and deep state, I mean, it just, it seems like, I guess it's cool that pu more public are getting hip to it, but it's been around for quite a while. Nothing new is under the sun, it appears. Yeah, but, you know, none of us want to suffer from, like, been there, done that syndrome. And we should be glad that their people are waking up, is how I view it. Is For sure. It, it, it's kind of, I mean, the history is pro it's probably all fake, bro. The history is probably fake. Probably everything is fake. And what does that mean? I don't know. But it means going forward, we have to figure things out for ourselves. But there is, is, is bad in terms of, because the problem is if everything mainstream even taught is viewed as fake, 
then legitimately bad actors are going to be able to to sneak through the cracks and get away with things that they couldn't get away with. And I think that's that's what nobody really is prepared to talk about in the media is, hey, I, like me personally, as, as Mike Cernovich, I would like to live in a world where if you're a really bad person and there's an article that shows that you're a really bad person, that most people would say, okay, that's a bad person. Let's kind of keep that person to the to the edge. But the media has lied about everyone pretty much. So now how do you tell who's good or bad? Well, you, you got to do your own homework, which is good. I mean, you know, we should do that anyway, but you can't know everything, right? You Your whole day, your whole day would just be spend, spent researching everything and not working and hanging out with your kids and and everything sure. else. We, we had outsourced things to the, there was a contract, an applied contract of sorts where we had just said, okay, what, you know, we're going to turn on the news or we're going to pick up the New York Times and you're going to tell us mostly the truth. You're not going to be right about everything, but you're going to try. And I'm going to live my life and I'm going to get caught up for half an hour a day, an hour a day, and I kind of know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And now you have to make finding the truth a full-time job. But let's face it, most people don't have that kind of time. So what we have now is a, a sort of nihilism where you just can't believe anything you see. Well, I mean, look at the education system, for an example. I mean, your book, Real Mindset, on entrepreneurism is an example. I mean, I often recommend Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, but I mean, these are the kind. This is the kind of shit that our kids should be should be learning in school. And I mean, if you look at Canada, for example, it's something like eight out of ten small businesses are started by immigrants or high school dropouts. And there's a real good reason for that. It's because you know I talked to my Lebanese buddy, and he's like, you know, back home we get taught that working for someone else is temporary, and the ultimate goal is to do your own thing. And it's like a high school dropout doesn't get that, that specialization and they drill into that. You need to be specialized and you need a specialized skill and you got to go to, well, you know what? Now those people are everywhere. So you can hire those people. And it's the people with the dream and the thinking that everything is possible and, and all that are, I mean, that's going to the wayside. And that's kind of something that we've been trying to shine a light on recently here in America is just back to that. You know, you don't need to grind through a student lo loan and everything else these days. I mean, it's all in the shit you would have paid a hundred grand for an education on, on say audio visual mm -hmm. five years ago is now on fucking YouTube for free. Right. Right. And, and, and what you, and it's actually worse than that because right. in America, <laughs> not only are you not learning those skills, but culturally, if you tell people, Hey man, I'm gonna you know go to a, a Dale Carnegie seminar or something. People look like you, you know, you have herpes or something. You know, like what do you mean? Oh, you're gonna go, to, you're into self help or something. So not not only are people not learning the skills that they need to learn, but if you're if you try to better yourself, you get like ridiculed. People think you're some kind of like they they think self help is like mocking people. And but but on the flip side, the good news is that if you actually aren't afraid to grind away, it eventually will pay off. It might take a while, but you'll get there. Agree. That's coming. I'm, I've always been self-employed, even with the networks I've worked at. I've been an independent contractor. I've never been an employee, you know. And I learned that early on when I was, you know, doing landscaping as a kid, doing pouring concrete when I was, you know, I'd just come and come back from college, and my mom was sick with heart problems and all that. You know, I said, "Man, this is this is not cool. I do not dig working for other people." And you know, and the thing is, the incentive though, you've got to remember what happens to the incentive with the you know, up there in Canada, you guys certainly understand the the, the overtaxation and regulation that we get pounded with. I mean, I had I had my own businesses, you know, gyms. I had to pay taxes and you know, payroll taxes, property taxes, you name it, man. Retail tax, 
you know, at some point you just get, you lose the incentive to be an ass kicker because you see so many people living for free that you go, why should I be dragging your ass around and pushing you around in a cart when you're not doing anything? And that's exactly what, what happens to people. You just go, Hey man, I, because it got to a point. I remember when I first started fighting, I was driving a rusty old Cherokee pickup truck. The rear quarter panel of the bed fell off of it going down the road. It was that bad. It just fell off of it when I hit some railroad tracks and I pulled up into a, uh, grocery store and I bought, you know, whatever I had money for, I bought some, some groceries to, you know, some chicken, some broccoli, some rice that I was living on. And a guy, you know, buys nothing but, but uh, at the time you could buy alcohol and, and he bought steaks and some other stuff. And got a brand new car. And I was so furious at the time because I was in my early twenties. I was thinking, oh, this is, this is not cool. This is not cool at all, man. Yeah. But in the long run, I mean, but that person was leveraged out. He leased all the, so the the flip side too though is in the long run that's the problem is in, in the short term they look look like they have it made but there was a great term for that there was an old website called the dirty way back in the day nick richie's the dirty yeah. they called them you know 30k millionaire so they you know they would <laughs> yes. yeah yeah so that guy's levered up and and there's a difference between that because what the problem is with you dirty yeah so if you have a, a you know you have a good payday or something you make 10 grand 20 grand or more and you set it aside, you still feel poor because you're still driving that old rusted out car or whatever. And you got to wait until you're, you know, 50, 60 years old. And that, that's when it pays off. Right. But I, see the, sure. I, see the, I see the, but what I see it as is, as, as I, or, you know, was, and, and actually I saw it right away, was the double side of slavery that they've created out of the, the people like ourselves who are busting their tails mm -hmm. who have to pay for that stuff. And then the people who are receiving that. Who, how much, how much self-love can you have and how much self-worth can you feel when you don't earn anything? And it's just, it's, it shows up in the mailbox every month and you think that's, that's a great way to destroy, to completely destroy someone's self-love, everything, any, any kind of value system for anything ever earned or anything ever loved. It's, it's a great way to just destroy that. I mean, you have you have social welfare and you have corporate welfare in the tune of billions as well. Which so. is which is corporate welfare is even more evil. Well, I'm a status Indian, and I can tell you firsthand that it's not working with the Indians in Canada. Like you know, just just giving these people, just giving my people money, just doesn't pay off in the long run. They've lost. You know, our suicide rates are you know way the fuck higher than any place else or any yeah. other any other demographic, and and I I think that's got. I think that's got more to do with that lack of, of meaning, that lack of, you know, A, your culture's been destroyed, uh, B, you've, you're kind of shut off from the outside world in a lot of cases, and C, you're, you've got no... Um, no motivation to no mo No motivation, kind of. no, no... It's the don't. destruction. It's the destruction of identity, the complete rape and destruction of identity. Well, yeah. We've talked about before, it's incentivized, you know what I mean? And that's kind of the, almost the social engineering side of it from my perspective, you know, at least from the social side, you know, dad's got to be out of the house, keep pumping out babies, we'll give you more money. And like we've talked about, you know, t from the time frame, the timeline, you know, 70s and 80s, your introduction of, you know, crack, heroin, et cetera, et cetera, the expansion of the prison system, you know, it's this weird kind of, um, like I said, incentivization to, for like Pat was saying, just 
not want to do shit necessarily while it just corrodes and destroys families. Yeah, there that's a different conversation. I mean, there's with native populations, it's a little different. They, you know, you decimated them. I mean, it, it, we're, we're, it's all trickling down now, unfortunately. That now the mother, the fatherless rate is something like 50% in America, something absurd. The, the number is so big that when you read it, you don't really believe it. You kind of like have to, you have to double check, check that. And then the government's kind of become a surrogate father. And as we're seeing, we're just seeing more crime, more opioid overdoses, more, more suicide. And, but then real issues like that don't get any kind of coverage by the media because they're the ones selling the drugs. They're the biggest drug dealers in the world. Right. Yeah, that's a huge Bro. one. I mean, that's that's probably the one of the biggest epidemic is that is that effect that the fatherless generation, or it's not even the fatherless generation. It's just it's more like a couple generations of people that don't know how to relate to each other properly. Because I mean, there's just as many there's just as many marriages that are still together, but they're in some toxic, broken form because you know our. We were never we were never meant as a species, I don't think, to be able to compare with the entire planet. You're you know you were kind of comparing in your small little social group. So you've got that, and you've got all this other programming being crammed down your head, and you've got. I mean, it comes back to that education where they don't teach anything on entrepreneurship. I mean, in, in your 18 years of uh, high school and middle school, how much did they teach you on relating with other people and you know communicating with other people? You know, none of that. None of it. Well, and, and certainly not teaching epigenetics, which when you uh, read a book, that, and I talked about it on a, a previous podcast called The Internal Matrix, which is an incredible book that talks about epigenetics, where they took uh, lab mice and they made a certain tone, a musical tone, a bell sound, and they electrified the bottom of the cage and shocked the mice's feet every time they heard that tone. Three generations after that, the mice were terrified of that tone because it was imprinted on the mice for generations. And so you think about the stress factors of, of children being born into that, the stress factors, you know, and, and the way it's taught, the stress factors that are affected by babies that are inside the mothers that are going through the stress and all of this type of stuff. It lasts for generations. Yeah, it becomes part of your DNA. There, all the cortisol that your mom feels, the baby feels, and then everybody is is actually crazy, dude. Everybody is. When I go out and I see kids, for example, I remember being like a little kid, and five year old kids today, they seem to me like they're three. They're the way they enter. Like when I was, they're they're Google Gaga. They're like baby talk and stuff. When we were five, we were in kindergarten. We were having. Yeah, like philosophical conversations, but we were we were people, right? We were little I human making, beings. Yeah, I was making myself lunch when I was five. Yeah. I, was stuff. I was cooking stuff when I was five, standing on a chair. My daughter cooked me some eggs this weekend. That's great. Well, no, that, that, that baits the larger question when people She's talk seven. about the technocracy and the singularity, et cetera. How much has, you know, now we're looking at 5G, how much has, has our phone entered into that, that, that creating that disconnect between human beings like you talked about? We don't know how to relate to each other. Don't call me, just text me. I mean, my mom was astounded when I called her the other day. I mean, it's like that's the phone, in my opinion, is, is a huge thing when it comes to that, that disconnect. And kids, I mean, they're, they're born digital now, but still interact with other human beings. Yeah, there's, I mean, too many things going on to trace it all back other than 
I don't know. I just blame the media for everything because it seems like <laughs> seems like every time you find a you know every time you pull on a, a thread or something, it leads back to the media, where they were the ones who were saying, you know, families are bad. They're the ones saying, you, you know, a normal nuclear family is a bad thing and you know shouldn't be desired. And that and that if you're a woman and you want to stay home with your kids, the media is the one telling you that's like a bad thing. It isn't. Right, that's why I always love. There, I was like, "Oh, misogyny!" You know, it's the media telling women what they have to do. Oh no, how dare you not want it all? Right, which is absurd, really, to expect a woman to to have a kids and a career and everything else. It's not even actually realistic for a man, woman, anybody. But the media has been the one pushing all that angle. So, I um I don't want to blame everything on the media and scapegoating too much. But when you look at societal problems. You don't have to look too far to see advertisements for pharmaceuticals and the destruction of traditional marriage being a major goal of the media. Well, and and having, you know, the women's rights movement and all that stuff, I support all of that. But at the same time, look, it comes down to who you can tax. You got got to be, they couldn't tax half of the population. Right, right, exactly. You know, so that's, that's, it's a monetary thing. The IRS needed its money and had had to make sure they got their taxes, so... Um, but let's, let's go back to, let's go back to host a little bit, Mike, and talk a little bit more about that. How can people find your movie to watch it? Oh yeah. Go to hoaxed movie, H O A X E D M O V I E.com and check out the trailer. And if you like it, rent or buy it to the trailer. Like it's so good, dude. And I can say that because I didn't make it. I produced it and did all that kind of backend stuff, but the graphics, the VFX, the cinematography, that was all done by the by the directors. And I'm not I'm I'm not someone who can hardly I can hardly watch a film because speaking of smartphones, like you were saying earlier, right? For me, a movie has to be more interesting than Twitter or more interesting than talking to you guys. And that's not usually gonna happen. So hoax is more interesting than the internet. Yeah. yeah it really it is. is. It is. And and it- Go ahead. Do we do we have time to get uh, a quick update about your investigative work in Florida and the Epstein case and all that? Yeah, yeah, I got a couple more minutes. Um, if, if you guys that thing is that, weirder. Yeah. yeah, that gets weirder by the minute. So, almost three years ago, I filed a lawsuit to unseal court records in a case involving Jeffrey Epstein. Should have been an easy win for me. And as you learn, when you are going after billionaire pedophiles, nothing is easy. And the judge ruled against me. I appealed it. And then, thank God, the Miami Herald came in and they wanted the same records. They sued. The judge denied them. So not only did the judge deny me, they denied the Miami Herald. And then the Miami Herald appealed. And then I was in the case with the Miami Herald. And both of us are trying to get the records. And the ju- it looks like the Court of Appeals is willing to side with us. But plot twist, the judge overseeing the case died now he's 96 he's 96 so i don't want to i don't want you guys watering any you know conspiracy theories in here but (laughs) i'll just say that that's weird right of it's like a number of things happening like the judge died come on man this is like a bad tom tom clancy novel but we should get a ruling pretty soon and then i don't know i think they probably won't be able to find the documents i think that somebody will lose the padlock or Magically, they'll say, "Oh, we couldn't find it," because they literally keep this stuff under lock and key. We couldn't find fire, fire at the courthouse. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. There was a there's a mysterious fire. Nobody knows what happened to these files. 
Well, how have your views changed on conspiracy theories in the last three or four years? Because I mean, I've been, I've been, we've been sort of following you since pre-Trump, and I mean, it must have been a hell of a roller coaster ride for you. I mean, you know, it's been an exciting couple of years. I'm sure yours from 60 Minutes to everything else. I mean, it's like, how has your view changed? I mean, with your view being that on the media, I've got to think you. If nothing else, it's 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 watering you down a little bit. Well. My, I become less of a conspiracy theorist, and I'll tell you why. I've met so many of these people that, because we're, we're conditioned to think of somebody's on TV, they're an authority. That's part of like the brainwashing. Yeah. And I've met so many of them. These are not intelligent people. These are not people who are well-read, intellectual, curious, inquisitive. They're all just the, the same people. It's white privilege. They're 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 rich kids who had a trust fund. So that they could afford to take an unpaid internship to work at CNN, because as you know, could you imagine, you know, Pat, or you know, you guys, you know, you're growing up in Canada, rural Canada, or Iowa, or you know, rural Illinois, like me. Oh yeah, I'll just go live in New York and pay two thousand a month in rent and take an unpaid internship, right? So just so you're not going to actually get the best people at those places. You're only going to get the ones who have, you know, parents who can who can subsidize all that. So it's less a conspiracy and more a they're just all basic. They're not interesting people. They're they're not the kind of people you would want to hang out and talk to that you would expect to have any sort of re reflection or inquisitiveness or intellectual curiosity. They're just a bunch of idiots. Now, no, maybe the conspiracy myself, uh, myself in a mixer with Anderson Cooper. Yeah, Cooper wouldn't survive. He's not an intellectual. Ask Anderson Cooper. What's the last book you read? Right. He's he doesn't read books. Right. And but maybe the conspiracy is that you only hire people. He's a Vanderbilt, too. He's like he's a, yeah, exhibit yeah. A, just some trust fund kid. Right. Well, that, that's not he's some trust fund kid, ha never had to work for anything in his entire life. And that's who the media holds up as an expert on everything in the world. So I, I just think they're all a bunch of idiots, easily manipulated. And that is less of a conspiracy and just more of they're responding to incentives, their paychecks, the big pharma checks and everything else. That's like Tucker yeah. too, right? Doesn't he have a trust fund as well? He was old money Tyson Foods, I think. Either Swanson or one of those really, really big food factories. But of course, I like what Tucker says, so therefore, I won't hold it against him that he's a trust fund kid, right? Isn't that the, isn't that the rules? <laughs> well... All right. So, if you you have anything else to add, because we we don't want to hold you too much longer, Mike. You've been uh, pretty gracious with your time, buddy. No, no, my pleasure. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, come back Thank anytime. You, yeah. Everybody out there, go check out Hoax. Hoaxmovie dot com. Yeah. See ya. Yep. Thank you, brother. Well, Pat, we got to get ready to dip as well. We have. Uh... Yeah. Gentlemen, for our other programming, thank you. Thank you. Our was attacked by a freaking grizzly bear protecting her cubs. You uh, got to get Jeffrey a new computer. Yeah, thanks, guys. That was uh, that was fun. That was very very, <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. Hello to all all the folks up there in Canada, and uh, thanks for watching. And it's been awesome. We got to do this again soon, guys. More often than not. All right, thanks. Right on, thanks, guys. guys. Thanks for everything. Take care, gang. Ciao. See ya. Adios. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning into the live show. We'll catch you guys next Wednesday, I guess. Only yeah, in two this, days. This we'll be back in two this days. Wednesday. Later, Pat. Bye, guys. See ya.